Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. Today we're joined by Michelle Bayen, who is one of our gang and has been with us right from the very beginning, really, from when we first when we first started. We've been we've been chatting to you for quite a long time now. So it's so lovely to have you here, sort of IRL, like on a video screen. But it's really lovely to meet you. Amazing. It's lovely to meet you guys. So Michelle, just Can you um, sort of explain a bit about how you came to be a member of the Worst Girl Gang and where you are now? Yeah, so um, I got married in 2017. um, And then after, shortly after that, I had like a precancerous cell scare with my cervix. So we were waiting for all that to be cleared before we started trying and stuff. Um, So we started trying for a baby in 2019 and fell pregnant but unfortunately had our first miscarriage January um 2020 and then we fell pregnant again but lost again in the May of 2020 we then fell pregnant again straight away unintentionally um and but miscarried again so the first two losses were classes chemical pregnancies which is a phrase I cannot bear Mm. um and then our uh, third pregnancy was uh, a missed miscarriage so I found that out at the 12-week scan because I was on my own because of covid um and then we went we decided we got referred to a recurrent miscarriage clinic up here in Liverpool um and then we went for testing then we decided to do the NK cell testing up in Coventry um so we didn't try for like a good year um but all of that sort of came back unconclusive there was no reasons for it everything was fine um so then we had a plan put in place and uh luckily we fell pregnant again in um like late August early September of this of last year so we're currently expecting so we're due the end of this month but it's been a bit of a roller coaster 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, first of all, Michelle, yeah. huge congratulations to you and Joe. It's um, it must have been a really it must you must be going through a really scary pregnancy, I imagine, with um the loss that comes before. Um, mm. so in in terms of like when you were when you were experiencing the miscarriages and stuff, you had so correct me if I'm wrong, you had three three losses and then you were referred. Did you how hard was that referral to get? How did you go about getting that referral? Um to be honest, it it wasn't too it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. But when we had um the first loss, I kind of just got a phone call to confirm to confirm it a few weeks later and they were like, Oh yeah, it's just what we would call a chemical pregnancy. And I was like, Well, what what does that even mean? And she was like, Well, you know, like like you're pregnant, but it's like she just kept using the word just, it's just a chemical pregnancy, like these things happen. I'm sure the next one will be fine. And I, I came away from it feeling like she was like, Oh, you know, with early pregnancy tests these days, people find out a lot earlier, you know, people find out too soon type thing. And I was like, I waited before I tested, like I didn't. I wasn't one that I wasn't like oh my god I've had sex I'll do a test I'll see if I'm pregnant straight away like I had waited mm. um so I kind of felt like it was my fault for testing too early and then when we had the second one um I made sure I waited before we tested so then I, again um but again she was just like it was like the same midwife that I kept seeing and she to be honest through all of the experiences she she's the one that made that early losses the work the worst um I can't discredit some of the you know people I've dealt with have been absolutely amazing like go above and beyond but there was just this this one woman and she just was like oh she just kept using the word just and oh it'll come right and you know these things happen you know and so when I went to the hospital the second time I was on my own because of covid um and I started crying in the waiting room Mm. and the receptionist was like oh do you are you okay do you need to see someone and I was like I'm just I'm waiting to speak to the nurse anyway and when when I went in she went what why are you why are you crying what what's what's the matter and I was like you're in an early pregnancy unit where people are coming in with me like what do you think's the matter I was like I'm, the situation and she was like oh well you know it, it's just the chemical pregnancy you know these things happen I was like I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong like this is the second time this has happened straight up like don't get it she's like well you're obviously very fertile and I was like but that's not getting me anywhere is it that's not getting me to my end goal um and I think I got so worked up and stuff that I think she got a bit panicked at my reaction and then she went well well maybe next time we can put you on something you know we might be able to get you some tablets or something and I was like right okay so then what do I need to do for that then Mm. well you know when you get pregnant again you just just give us a ring and we'll sort that out so I was like right okay so I think my reaction kind of shocked her into like, oh, I'm going to have to do something here because she's not mm-hmm. like, she's not like, I don't know. She just, she just reacted to it. Like I wasn't, because I knew you'd have to have three before they'd really do anything. So I was shocked when she said that she would give, give us some, give me something. Yeah. Um, she was probably shocked was when she like, said it as well. I think by the sound yeah. of it, just, she just blurted it out, not thinking. Yeah. I think so but I was like right well I'm clinging on to that because you've said it now yeah so the next time I got pregnant I rang straight away and I was like I was told I could possibly be put on some tablets and they're like oh we don't normally do that till three I said I know but that's what I've been told and I was like this is just what I was told to do 
so she got in touch with the consultant and the consultant was amazing and was like well yeah just put her on it it's not going to do any harm it's, you know, there's no reason not to she put me on that but then obviously we still we lost that pregnancy as well um but it was it was difficult in terms of going into this pregnancy because I'd had the losses where you bleed and then I'd had the loss where you don't bleed mm. so then being pregnant this time I was just like well nothing nothing makes you feel better because mm. it just nothing does because you just don't know because I'm going into that 12-week scan you just don't know do you I had mm. earlier scans which was great but so yeah after we we had the third loss um we had an amazing um midwife who she at first said the husband couldn't come into the scan um but as soon as we found out that like that we'd lost we named him Daniel because we had testing we knew he was a boy so we called him Daniel um so once we knew we'd lost him um the midwife then let him come in and then she sent us she phoned ahead to the hospital for us to go there and the midwife we had at that hospital she was amazing she'd kind of been through stuff herself so she totally got it um so she so my husband was quite forceful and he was like so where do we go from now like what what happens now and she said well you know well it's normally after four and he went four no we've been told three yeah and she was like well and I was like I was just I was just stunned I was just like don't make me do this again like I can't do this again um he was like no we were told three and she was like right okay let me go and have a conversation and she did and she came back and she said yeah yeah that's fine um we can after three do the testing so we decided to have the miscarriage in the hospital to make sure that we had the baby to do the testing and then get referred um so I just got in touch with my GP then and asked to be referred to um the Liverpool Women's Recurrent Miscarriage Clinic and they were fine about it they did mm-hmm. it straight away so it, it wasn't Apart from having to go through all of that, it was it wasn't too bad getting on the recurrent miscarriage. But I had seen uh, through you guys that Birmingham is it Birmingham do will take you after two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tommy's clinic. Um, and so after your after the testing and stuff, did they find? I know that you said it was inconclusive. So was when you fell pregnant with your current pregnancy, what did you do? What did, were you taking things or? So when I fell pregnant the third time with Daniel, they just put me on um, aspirin, some folic acid and um, progesterone, the like the 200 milligrams that you take twice a day, I think it was. Um, so we went for the NK cell testing in Coventry with um, Siobhan Quemby, but I had um, Jan Brosens and he was amazing. So I went for two wound biopsies and that all came back normal really I think my first biopsy came back normal my second biopsy came back maybe a bit low but he said that was normal because I'd had the biopsies back to back but he still put a plan in place so he put a plan in place to say that I couldn't go on aspirin before seven weeks um he was like sometimes sometimes you can take it too early so I don't need to go on aspirin before seven weeks but I had to basically know when I was ovulating, which obviously you do when you're in this mm. world, um, obviously have sex and then um, start taking progesterone seven days later, like the low dose. Then I had to do a 
test a week after that. And if that was positive, then I had to up the progesterone to 400 milligrams twice a day. And then I stayed on that for about, I think it was 16 weeks. Um, but in between that, I when I'd sort of felt like I was getting pain on one side. So I'd been to the hospital to get checked quite early. Um, and they were like, we don't think it's anything. So like, we don't think it's a topic, but, come, but we can't scan you yet because you're too early to come back in a few days. So I went back in a few days and luckily the recurrent miscarriage clinic midwife was on ward that day. So she knew me. So she came in for my scan. And as soon as she saw a heartbeat, she was like, right, I want to get you on something. So she had the plan that I had from Jan and she said, all right, okay, so we can't put you on aspirin. So she got in touch with the consultant and they put me on um, the injections instead. Because she was like, I want you need to be on something where we can see a heartbeat. So let's, let's do what we can. Um, so I was on injections for 12 weeks and then I went on to the aspirin after that and I've stayed on that. So they have been really amazing, but it's been The injection, the inj- was that something you did yourself at home? Yeah. Oh yeah. I hands like hands up to end, like, to anyone who does IVF and does that to themselves for lengthy periods of time because I was rubbish I sat on the toilet for half an hour one day just going I can't I can't do it I actually can't, can't do it and Joe was like I'll do it for you but the midwife had been like no you have to be able up. to do it yourself like you can't do it I found that I would just I'd be there and I'd be like right okay I'm just not not quite be able to do it and yeah, yeah to stand there for, for a good few minutes and I'm a nurse and I inject people all the time but it just doesn't feel right does it uh, doing it to yourself no no this it's just that you're taught not to hurt yourself aren't you like so the mm-hmm. thought of like yeah wasn't yeah. I wasn't the best at it but I did I did it when I would do it all again like you do it you do it because you've got to don't you, do you? Anything, like, yeah. you know what the end goal is but it's not it's not always easy no Talk to us about, uh, you've mentioned Joe, and he, we, we know, we don't know him, but he's he's been in contact with us personally. And he's just so, such a lovely guy. If only everyone had a Joe, right? Tell us about how um, this yeah. affected your relationship over the course of all of, all of this shit that you've been through. To be honest, I've... Um, uh, I've been so lucky like I always knew he was amazing like like I said after um our honeymoon I had that pre-cancer scare and he was amazing he's he's yeah he's very he's very caring but he's very he's very protective and he's will vocalize if he's not happy so he's been great with he knows like when that nurse had said oh you have to have four he straight away was like no I'm not we're not doing mm-hmm. that um you said we've been told three um and like he's he's been he has been amazing and our relationship's only got stronger with it like I work in a department full of women like baby loss is not is not something I didn't ever know about Mm. um but also Joe's grandparents lost two um babies so he's quite aware about it as well and he's seen the effects that that had on his um on his family and stuff so he he's not always a brilliant talker but I think we've managed to get away of like I managed to get out of him when I know when he's pondering and when he's worrying and things 
Um, but yeah, he's just been amazing. I couldn't, I definitely couldn't have done it without him. I do feel very lucky. I've seen in work, I've seen relationships not make it through this kind of thing. And I totally get why that happens. Um, it's yeah, one of those things. I'm really lucky. When you say about how Joe, you know, when they said, oh, actually, it's four, you have to go through four. And Joe stepped up and went, no. I think it's one of those things in that situation because my husband did exactly the same when we were in hospital and we would we wanted to take our baby home and then a midwife came along and said oh no you can't do that or you have to fill in a form or something like that and I just went okay and I was just I just felt Mm. broken like I couldn't do it and I was just willing to accept whatever and you actually need someone to sort of step in and, and, and advocate for you when you just don't because I think when you go through that trauma you just you lose the fight don't you at, at times and I think yeah. it, to have someone else who can take up that role for you while you're broken is so gosh it, it's so it gives you the strength that you need when you don't have it doesn't it just having someone else to step in for a bit and take over is so important and yeah, yeah and- I, I feel lucky that I've got Rob who, who did the same for me like I think because that because that with the midwife had been like oh, just, you know, just chemical pregnancies. I then thought, oh, so they don't count towards the three then. They're, they're just, they're not including them in it. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I just thought, okay, so I've got to go through, I've got, I've got to have been pregnant for longer than for you to count that as a, as a miscarriage that gets included in it. And I think Joe knew that's how I'd felt because I'd spoken to him about how I felt about it being so dismissive like that mm. with the chemicals, like, I get it's a medical thing and I get I get that they've got to you know label things differently but yeah so I think him if I'd been on my own I would have probably just gone back to the car and said to Joe oh like we've got we've got we've got to try again and see what happened like if I'd been on my own but because he was there he stepped up because he was just like no like those losses are included in in it but it's, it is difficult because I, I have found it difficult. I do feel like it's it's a couple's journey, isn't it? But everything is put on on you as the woman. Like it's all your blood appointments and your doctor's appointments and every letter's addressed to you and everything just comes to you. And you just like, it's very, it's very overwhelming. It leaves men feeling quite helpless with it all because he would happily have gone and done all those blood tests and done all of those things if he'd needed to. But because he was like, when, when do I get tested? And they're like, well, you don't because you're getting pregnant. So mm. they see it as like, well, it's not you then. So it's just like, it is, it is hard, but I am lucky. He is amazing. Like I can't fault him through any of it really. I had times when I went to appointments and, and was on my own because we had to, so many miscarriages there was too much time off work so I had to go to two of them on my own and I'm quite I think I'm quite sort of resilient and um, uh, I can advocate for myself usually but when you're in these situations where you are being made to feel like your experiences don't matter and they are you know using those words like just and invalidating everything that that you're feeling and you get so worked up. I don't know about you. When I get frustrated, when I get really frustrated, I just cry. I'm, I, I get past the point of, of anger and, you know, stomping my feet and things like that. And I just cry. And in order to stop myself from crying, I just have to stop myself from speaking and say, OK, then thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being 
obviously I don't say this bit, but thank you for being so fucking useless in my head. But I just leave. Well, I think you get to the point where you know you're not going to get anything from it. And there's yeah. like, any other thing you say, it's just going to be a complete waste of your time. Mm. But I also think as well, it's such a shit situation, a situation, because you're also, off, more often than not, you're there having, you know, your bits and bobs out, looked at, and your legs are apart, and you're in a fucking shitty old hospital gown. And I think that's makes you so vulnerable mm. to then try and have like an, mm. I am a strong woman and I am dealing with this. It's, it's so hard. It's just also, it mm. like, it strips your layers of kind of, not that it should, but it, it, I think certainly how I felt was I felt stripped of sort of, integrity almost and just lying on this hospital bed with you know my legs apart and a doctor looking looking up and trying to work out what was going on and stuff I just felt like not a person like just a a, an experiment almost or a project or a a number and and I think that's incredibly um invalidating because you don't feel like you're being treated like a, a person with feelings and saying things like oh it's just a chemical pregnancy chemical pregnancy is such a shit term oh do you know what I went to an appointment a couple of weeks ago and I I, I don't know if it's like a, a self-preservation thing but I sort of invalidate my own experiences <laughs> we always say to people don't you shouldn't invalidate but it's uh, like um I, I do it to myself a lot um and I was saying oh it's it's do you know, it was, they're just chemicals that I've been having recently. So I was, I was saying to the consultant, they're just chemicals. And he went, they matter. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's the first time I've really yeah. had any sort of passion from a consultant the other way around. Um, it was quite refreshing, you know. It is refreshing. Yeah, I did. I had one. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was Laura in the hospital or if it was my recurrent miscarriage midwife, but like I found like when they're like, so what taught me three losses and the time. So I was like, okay, the first, first one was seven weeks. And they kind of just classed that as chemical pregnancy. And then the next one was six weeks, which they kind of classed as chemical pregnancy. And she was like, don't say just like, these are, imp- this is important. Like you, you've gotten pregnant and you've lost that baby. Like she said, um, that was it. She was like, these are, these are not um these are wanted like these they've wanted to work they've just not been able to so they are still losses they're still important we still mm-hmm. need to know about them and I actually came away from it I was like if you'd been that person with the yeah. first with the first or, or the second like I would have felt so much more like validated but instead I got someone who's like oh you know just this and oh yeah I've worked on maternity I've been working 15 years in these you know it always comes right in the end I was just like how have you been doing this for 15 years saying things like this like how mm, like, I had no idea like just blew my mind I think there's a lack of like she's but, yeah. obviously not experienced it herself and there's that lack of, of knowledge and the lack of like I, I think that with this words are so language is so bloody important we were talking about it earlier today Mm. about how the importance of the language used surrounding this topic and I think that old school people are you know they are taught what happens so medically they explain what happens but there is so much more work that needs to be so much more time and money Mm. invested into the bedside banner I guess of the people that are responsible for supporting these women because it is just as much an emotional and mental loss as it is a physical one 
And I yeah. think that has been vastly overlooked because physically the the problem is what what costs the money, right? At the moment, you you do yeah. what the the services are so stretched and under pressure that they have to deal with the physical problem. They have to deal with the physical loss, but everything else would just is 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 a waste of their time and, and effort in terms of money. Yeah, I did the inverted comments when I said waste. Then, funny is. <laughs> I was just going to say, I definitely feel like the first two losses mentally were horrific and the third was more horrific physically. But then I kind of came out of the third one going, oh, okay, well now maybe people will appreciate like and treat it like I like that we have been through it properly and stuff. Like, And then, yeah, so that's what, so then when we found out it was a boy, because we had that genetic testing, so they were like, we know it was a boy. So then we, I was like, well, I feel like we need to give them a name. But then I was like, but I feel bad on the other two babies because we don't know, don't know what they were, wouldn't, wouldn't know how to name them and things like that. It, it feels, yeah, it just, the whole thing just, like you have mum guilt and I'm like, how have I got mum guilt already? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, it's really difficult. I felt like that after my ectopic pregnancy, I felt like because it was more, severe from from an outsider's point of view because I had to have an operation yeah I felt like I I coped with it a lot easier and I never really understood why but I think it's because to people on the outside it was it my grief was for a reason it was yeah whereas the other ones the more the, the more the ones that we kept to ourselves the earlier ones um I found a a lot more difficult to deal with because I, I felt like the outside world didn't count them. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, in theory, that should have been the most traumatic. But I mean, physically it was, but mentally I was like, no, oh. felt like I was getting some yeah. sort of validation from from the world. Which just shows how important that validation is in the grief mm. process. Like you've literally just said it. You really, really struggled emotionally mm. and mentally with your losses that, yeah. that you felt weren't weren't uh, proportionate to your grief, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, completely. And I never, it's not like that was um, like planned or worked. I, I didn't work didn't out in my head. Why. didn't understand why for such a long time. And then we'd be bang on about it all the time. And I was like, oh, yes, that's it. It's the validation. It is. Yeah. Validation. It's key. I remember the first time I yeah. really opened up about um, my loss. I mean, I say opened up apart from within this community. <laughs> the first time I really spoke to someone was my counsellor. And she said, um, I just told her. And I was telling, I wasn't even telling her to tell her. I was telling her. I was like, this is what's been happening. And so it's led to this. But I told her and she went, Bex, that's a massive thing. I'm so sorry that you've been through this. And my whole heart just felt a bit lighter. And I was like, yeah, that and that is how validation feels. Validation feels like someone's got you, someone's holding you, someone's going, it is okay mm. to feel sad. Yeah. And I think that's what we need because I think societally we're, we're sort of, we feel feelings of sadness and grief and we're pushing them away and other people are wanting us to push them away because no one else can cope with us feeling sad. Mm. And so we do push it away and we suppress it. But as as so many people in this community know, that when you suppress it, it comes back harder and faster mm. and hurts more. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was not naive to it. I, like, I have a, a close friend who she, well, I've got a couple of close friends who've lost babies, but one in particular, she's lost two. 
um, quite late on. And I remember, like, she she came round to see me because she knew something was wrong and, and after the first loss. And I just couldn't tell her. I just couldn't get the words out because I just felt like what she'd been through was so much worse. Mm. And she just looked at me and she was like, Charlotte, it's not a thing. Like, it, it's a lot, like, it's horrific. And I've been to... Um, there's like a honeysuckle department in the Liverpool women's that, that are there for bereaved um, parents and they have counselling sessions. And I'd been to one with her. There was like a, a big group one. So I'd gone with her so she didn't have to go on her own. Um, and actually Chris was there who, uh, Pine Cones and Study Days, he was there. Uh-huh. And um, David, they were really amazing. Like, and I hadn't had any losses then. And I knew from that, like, this is really important. And I've, I've always tried to include people's losses in their lives and things like that. But then when it happens to you, you just like, you just don't, it is just completely different when it happens to you. And mm-hmm. I did just feel that like, well, it was early. It's not as bad as everybody else's. People have been through worse. and But it, it isn't a thing like it, it is. You just make yourself feel worse by thinking like that. And, once I'd sort of spoken to her and had a few days, that's when I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna hide this away from people. Like, I don't, I don't want to feel like it's a dirty little secret. Yeah. So I've tried to be as vocal as I can about it. I've not, I've, like, I remember one of the uh, sick notes for work said miscarriage on it. And someone said to me, oh, are, you, are you all right? I was using that because that's, people will see that. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> what mm. I'm off with. <laughs> It's uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what else you will, I would put on that anyway. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But people worry, yeah. don't they? Cause they? It's sort of a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? The, the lack of conversation, the taboo around, because it, I can't think of anything else where it would be treated, where you would compare, you wouldn't compare injuries with someone. You wouldn't go, oh, well, I've... Um, I've lost my little finger and I've had my leg amputated. They're like, they're different injuries. So you would treat them as different things. And it's the same with early, early miscarriage. Yeah. It's not better or worse. It's, it's different. It's an early miscarriage. It's, it's of course it will be completed, treated completely differently than a stillbirth or a neonatal, neonatal loss. Yeah. But we, we tend to just chuck them all in the same bucket because that's what we've always done. We've always just chucked baby loss under one umbrella when actually the umbrella ha- is so multifaceted and the the experience is so different. Even two people's experience of the same gestational loss will be completely different. And I think that for me is the main thing that we need to understand to try and start picking apart the subject and giving people the support they need is to understand that there is no comparison between these different losses because that loss to the, that couple is that loss and that is what needs to be looked at not that loss in comparison to oh Mr and Mrs so-and-so that lived down the road who had that loss because they will always be different mm. you know it's just it's just yeah. crazy how everything is lumped in on the one thing and gone oh we must deal with it this way because that is comes under the the realms of, of baby loss it's mad it's mad we don't do that yeah. with any other thing I'm glad you got passionate band in there better here to help <laughs> <laughs> and so how are you feeling now not long to go um yeah I think like anxiety has been 
right up there. Um, I, I kept it secret for so long. Like only my boss in work knew and she was just like, you are going to have to say something about like, you can't just on your last day be like, oh yeah, by the way, this is what I'm having a baby. Um, but I think I've just felt really like, staffing isn't it of like I don't want to jinx it and yeah. I don't know I think because I know people who've had later losses I just didn't I, do it's that facade isn't it oh 12 weeks is the safe bit or no get to your 20 weeks scan and then, then that's the safe bit. there just isn't one is there like you just until you've got that baby in your arms like it, it just doesn't go um but I can't um fault the hospital like they've been absolutely amazing and anytime I've felt nervous or anything I've gone in and they've seen me and they've reassured me and they've given me some extra appointments to just go and sit on the monitors twice a week just to kind of reassure me a little bit and stuff Hi. so that's really helped that's but, really good yeah it is yeah and um, what's your what's your due date are you sharing your due date or not it's the end of end of May so yeah not long at all gosh that's so exciting uh, are you starting to get excited yet, or is it still just all anxiety? Um, I'm, yeah, I am getting a bit more excited. Um, I'm more stressed because I'm still <laughs> I'm still working um, to try and get the most out of maternity leave. I'm trying mm. to. I don't finish work till Friday, so. Um, but yeah, not not a lot of the girls in my department make it to their uh, last days. <laughs> Oh right! They all seem to go before, so I'm like, uh. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, might not make it to Friday, you know." And I'm like, "I will make it to Friday. I will make it to like I've got too many things I need to get done." Um, You're so, very nearly there. Yeah, I'm getting more ne- nervous about that now. And Joe's like, "You've not packed your hospital bag." <laughs> He's like stressing out about that, and I'm like, "Yes, I know." <laughs> but yeah, just working long hours and busy weekends. Just it, it just it's. Yeah, and just like burying my head with it still a little bit. I'm like, no, of course, it's, fine. Yeah. it's fine. But then, it's completely yeah. understandable though. Hopefully, you get some chill time after this yeah. week. Put your feet up, watch hopefully. Netflix. Yeah, do it. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Uh, thank you for having me. I don't, I don't know how. I hope. Well, I just hope it helps someone who, if they've been in a similar situation with chemical pregnancies and things I do just feel like I get really in my being my bonnet about that phrase even if they've just followed it up with it's we class it as a chemical pregnancy but it's still a loss and it's still mm, you know valid valid validated you still you know you've still been through something awful rather than just one of those things it's just happens yeah. and do you know the the podcast episodes where we talk about early miscarriages are always the most popular and I guess it's because they're, they are the people that are looking for that validation, aren't they? And they're the ones that feel yeah. like there's should count, but feel they feel like it doesn't. Um, so I'm sure this will help lots of people. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I, but I will just say, I do remember her well, as well as, sorry, just quickly, where she was like about testing too early and stuff. And she was like, you know, some women, you just test too early and it, like as if it's the pregnancy tests felt like that should it shouldn't have told you you were pregnant pregnant because you weren't going to keep it type thing and I was like but if you are actively trying you know when you're ovulating you're actively trying you know you've not got your period like you don't even need to do that pregnancy test sometimes like you just know don't you so like what does that matter like that doesn't matter that infuriated me when she said that I was like but I I know 
this is I'm actively trying like this isn't an accident this is something I'm very aware of what I'm doing and where I'm up to and things like that so I don't understand why doing that pregnancy test either today or tomorrow or two weeks Mm. down the line if it comes back positive it comes back positive like it doesn't matter does it but Mm. yeah I just hope yeah I just hope this helps somebody else and let them know that it's a loss and it's valid and it's you know it's heartbreaking Mm, absolutely thank you so much and send our love to joe thank you for will do and good luck home stressing looking at my empty suitcase yeah (laughs) and keep us posted yeah keep in touch yeah i will do Bye. bye thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week